it's time to share your story. Welcome to Revealing Conversations with Patron Nicole. Heart-led discussions that reveal, release, and unveil. You will leave this hour lighter, brighter, and inspired. And now, here's Patron Nicole. morning, or for some of you, it might be afternoon already. This is Petra with Revealing Conversations. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I am very excited. I get to interview somebody very special today. Colette Marie Stefan is a magical speaker, author, and artist with a great sense of humor. You get to hear from her today for a whole hour, and hopefully you can hang out with us for the entire time. She shares universal, life-transforming information to provide results that will inspire you, to soar you with her new height in the way of the dragon. That sounds so intriguing. When I read that the first time, I thought, okay, I want to know that lady. At seminars around the globe, she's been teaching all over the world. She has been featured as a guest on many radio shows. In fact, she also has her own hit radio show, and the show is called The Truth is Funny. Shift happens. I love that. As an open invitation to you all to call in and experience the joy of shifts, I really encourage you to visit her website. Colette is an author of her long-awaited book, The Truth is Funny, and uh, if you go to her website, she will announce that later on. You can order that book there. Uh, Colette is also the co-founding and state-of-the-art energetic upgrade seminars and EUP foundation program with her colleague Mark Kettenbach in 2014, and just recently she unleashed the dragon. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Colette Marie Stefan on the phone. Colette Marie, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you so very much, Petra, to give me this opportunity to share this information with you and others. Um, I very much am looking forward to the hour and appreciate um, having this opportunity. Well, welcome on the show, and I'm so excited uh, to get to know you better. And I know that uh, we had a, a little opportunity to speak a couple of days ago about your work, and I've been, of course, really investigating your website, and I just love what you've done with your website and how colorful it is and how many things you have accomplished in your life. So I do hope we get to meet in person one day. So I guess my that, first that question, would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I, my my first question is is what led you to uh, energy work to energetic work? Uh, my introduction to energy work uh, probably you know we all um, because we all are energetic beings um, you know from the day that we come into this world we are doing energy work whether we recognize it or not. Having said that, for me. Um, my journey into really wanting to understand it and understand how remote healing happened um, when, you know, I was interested in all of this, like different things, but um, what really um, sort of set me on this path 
was when my dad uh, fell ill, and that was, he passed 13 years ago, and he fell ill, and within a 36-hour period, he was paralyzed from head to toe. He had Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is, um, it's kind of like a complete system shutdown in the body. At first, he collapsed, um, it, um, that, that uh, disease, it, um, it, it starts at the feet, and then it works its way up the body. So within 36 hours, you know, at first he fell, and then he um, started noticing that his arms weren't working, and then his breathing quit. And so my father was, um, you know, taken to hospital, and, you know, they were doing tests on him. And the very first, you know, during that time he fell, and he... Um, you know, they got him back into the bed and everything, and then he started really um, going into this place where he couldn't use his arms. And my mom, she went, he wasn't comfortable, so she went home to get better pillows. And in between the time she left and um, got back, what happened is my uncle had gone to visit my dad and found him blue in the room, and they called a code blue. And, um, you know, another 30 seconds or so, they probably would not have been able to resuscitate him. And um, so then he started on this very long journey. He was 68 years old, and he had to learn how to use all his body functions again. The treatment was, um, you know, exchanging the blood, all the blood in his body over and over again. And so it, it's, it was a very um, horrible thing to see my father like this my dad was an entrepreneur and at that time he was you know he'd all he'd had his own business and he was a strong kind powerful man and he was severely overweight um and so on this journey you know what happened is there was many things that happened in the hospital that i was you know after three and a half years of watching him go through this like he had to learn how to walk he had to learn how to eat he had to learn how to breathe first um and with gillian barre what happens is um because it starts at the feet and works its way up to the head uh, what happens is the functions come back into the body from the upper body down and so you know it was a very long journey for him a lot of different things happened there was uh, a lot of very caring doctors and nurses, and then there were some that were not so much that way. There was a lot of um, things that happened at the hospital that I was watching. And, you know, at that time, I had um, two children. My oldest daughter was uh, in uh, competing in, in figure skating, and she was at the national level, and she was also in taekwondo at the national level. And my other daughter was in soccer and was uh, competing for cheerleading at the national level. So it was um, very busy. My, my husband, my former husband, was away a lot because he worked um, two to three weeks away. And I was working a full-time job at the time. So it was, it was very challenging um, to um, be there at the hospital for my dad and be there for my children and be there um, at work and do all of these things. It was absolutely exhausting, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, I can, I and, can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, and, 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 and my dad, what happened is, you know, um, in, that, in that process, he lost 100 pounds. And my dad um, had a very good sense of humor. <laughs> he would say that, um, you know, over his lifetime, 
He had tried to diet many times, but the only diet that worked for him was the Gillian Barre uh, diet. But he said he didn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Not and, such and a good diet to have. Huh? No, no. <laughs> it was effective. <laughs> and so um, over the course, what happens is, you know, because so much damage was done to his body and, you know, he wasn't in the best condition when he went in, what happened is, you know, at the hospital, uh, he he uh, caught the MRSA virus, which is um, uh, anti, you know, it's resistant to antibiotics, and uh, it's kind of like a um, a staph infection that went Did to they his call heart. It MRSA? They call it MRSA. Uh, something like it's it's uh, um, similar to that. You know, uh, it, what happened is the infection is really rampant in hospitals. And so if someone gets the MRSA virus, you have to gown, mask, glove. And so, you know, we were going back and forth. He'd be in the hospital for um, a week or two weeks or three weeks when he got out, and then he'd be back in again. And so during that time, when, at one of the hospital times, he caught this virus, and it went to his heart. He was uh, intubated. He was... Um, uh, that, yeah, yeah. Then he, they took that equipment out, and he, like he, because he had, um, he was, he had, um, was unable to breathe on his own. When they um, decided, okay, he should be able to breathe on his own, it only lasted about mm, 24 hours, and he started, he couldn't breathe, and so they had to re-intubate um, him and all that, and so it was a real challenge for him and because of the uh, virus of MRSA and to uh, control the spreading of it in the hospital uh, you know it was challenging for the hospital staff for everybody because uh, so they would leave him to be last for rehabilitation and my dad was never much one for exercising <laughs> so he would be very much like yeah okay I won't go you know try to walk again today and I would go to the hospital and say get up you're walking <laughs> and um <laughs> and so uh, there was a certain point where, um, you know, the hospital had kind of given up on him. I mean, he and and he was just sitting in his bed and, you know, in diapers, and he, he was losing all his dignity. And as my dad uh, was going through this, you know, I had to fight with the system to have him put into a rehabilitation center. And very quickly, you know, he was using the toilet again, and within a few weeks he was starting to do laps around the gym, and eventually he was able to come home. Um, he was in and out of the hospital back and forth so many times. And um, when he did pass, uh, unfortunately the doctor who, um, because of the MRSA, a lot of, it was so much work for the staff to have to always glove, mask, gown, that uh, his doctor didn't uh, show up for a week and people used to say to my dad have you seen your doctor yet <laughs> and he would say yeah I saw Dr. Phil on TV <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah my dad he maintained his sense of humor through most of this but towards the end he got very very tired and uh, at one point he said to me you know if I was a horse they would just shoot me you know like why am I going through this you know and him and I, I noticed that our roles reversed. And a lot of people go through this uh, when parents age or someone, you know, your parents become ill and you're looking after them. Um, I started to really feel that I was becoming more like in a parent role and he was um, like my child in some ways. 
And the beauty of it was is that my dad was born in a generation where, you know, um, fathers didn't necessarily talk as much as they do to um, their daughters. You know, a man was a provider, and he was away a lot. So my dad and I became very, very close, and I'm very, very grateful for that experience of being able to connect with him in that way. Um, when he did pass, um, because, because the doctor hadn't been there, they didn't sign the no resuscitation order that was supposed to be in place, and they tried to revive him. And so, unfortunately, um, when my mom and I arrived there, you know, in the wee hours in the morning, they allowed my mom to see him like that. And it wasn't a good sight. And um, it was a day before the 44th wedding anniversary. And um, that, that moment when I looked at her and, you know, I tell this story in the Life Sparks book, and I saw the horror in her eyes, I um, r- recognized there's got to be a better way to look after people than this. And I, um, you know, we were, our family was going through a lot. And then it was, um, um, you know, not even two months later that um, my niece was uh, going on a last hurrah with her friends. She was 18 years old at the time. And they were, uh, her, her and three friends went to go shopping at the West Edmonton Mall. And um, they um, were returning home. And they were all going to start university, you know, as, when they got back. And a drunk driver hit them um, at a very high speed. The car was basically split into two, and um, my friend's or my niece's friend was killed instantly. My niece uh, was, uh, um, was resuscitated and revived um, at the scene of the accident by the emergency um, medical practitioners. And um, we we got a uh, I got a phone call from my brother-in-law and. Um, he said, you know, it was, it was like around midnight and that um, this had happened and none of us knew um, what condition she was in or, you know, so we, we went to the car, picked my sister, she's a nurse, picked her up from the hospital, she works there, and we drove to Saskatoon, which is a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and it was a long, long drive. <laughs> um, this, the, my, my niece um, had hours and hours of surgery, and uh, she arrived shortly uh, to the hospital there shortly after we did. And she had hours of surgery, and we were so very grateful that they saved her life. And um, they told us that she was going to survive, but they told us that she had uh, had so much brain damage that they did not expect her to recover in that way at all. And my sister uh, um, just absolutely refused. This is her only child. She refused to accept that, and she contacted a long-distance healer, and he was in British Columbia, and um, my sister was in Saskatchewan, and and husband with their daughter, and um, this young man, who was only 16 at the time, worked on my niece energetically from a photograph, and as he worked on her, we, uh, my sister was noticing improvement. And after he worked on her, um, you know, she got better each time. And what happened is, you know, <laughs> towards the end there, she remembered what she bought at the mall. <laughs> so uh, we all knew she was going to be okay. Um, within months, she was attending university. Uh, she's now married. She's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. She has two daughters. She's, um, and most importantly, uh, she has the same beautiful personality that she did before the accident. 
And when I saw this miracle happening right before our eyes, I wanted to know how is this possible and is it possible for other people to do this? And number one, is it possible for me to do this? And so that kind of was what inspired me to start really looking into this. Um, You know, the universe will kind of direct us in our journey if we allow it. (laughs) And sometimes um, that's why in, in the Life Sparks book, um, I, uh, my chapter is about, you know, that challenges are possibilities disguised as problems. So um, without those challenges, I would not have, you know, gone on my life path. Maybe I would have, but not necessarily as quickly or as forcefully. And so I started to really look into energetic work, and I just ded- I've dedicated the last decade of my life to that. Mm-hmm. So what kind of uh, energetic uh, work were you drawn to first? I mean, this was a, this was a huge, huge, huge uh, blow, first with your father and then your niece. To have that all happen at the same time is just unbelievable. And then to have a miracle like that come up with a 16-year-old boy that uh, could help Oh, she was help um, my 18-year-old niece, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and the... And the uh, so are you saying that the uh, person that did remote healing on her was uh, was a young boy? Oh, right. Sorry. I, I got a little bit mixed up there. Um, yeah. yeah, he was only 16 years old at the time. He now is a holistic doctor, and he's given seminars all around the world. What Amazing work that he does. Um, Adam Dream Healer. Adam Dream Healer. That's appropriate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I'm not sure that he goes by that uh, label anymore because he's a grown man now and is also married, you know. Um, yeah, it's, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. and so, so you must you must miss your father very much. I mean, this is uh, I have never even heard of this disease before, um, and uh, I have you know there's Lou Gehrig's disease and there are different diseases like this that very, very difficult to deal with, but something that comes on so fast and so radically, you know, takes over the body is is just, uh, nobody can prepare for this. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, well, what happened with him, you know, and he was still running his business, and, Mm. um, you know, for a year he would blink his right eye, yes or no, and then he went bankrupt. That crushed him. Uh, He, that, you know, that really was very challenging for him. And so a lot of, a lot of um, you know, the, 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 the Gillian Barre, um, that is a very rare thing that happens. Knowing the energetic work that I know now, I understand that he went into complete system shutdown. That's when you suppress um, your emotions to the point where your body shuts down. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, um, and being an energy healer as you are, I mean, I do emotional processing work. So I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, if you don't get the emotion, if you don't get your story out, if you don't get do the emotional processing around what's going on, you're going to make yourself sick. Yes, and that's quite often when people have physical problems. It mm-hmm. it rarely um, on an energetic level will test that it's actually a physical problem at root cause. Um, many times it's emotional or it's psychological or it can be um, thoughts. It can be like uh, human beings are very multifaceted beings. We operate on many levels of existence, dimensions, time, and space. 
so what I did is, um, you know, how I ended up, <laughs> I first started studying with uh, 35th generation Shaolin master, and how I ended oh. up being, being directed to that is that I, um, after my dad passed, then I had to put my dog down, <laughs> and that was kind of, you know, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And at that time, uh, I, was, I was really, that's when I kind of allowed myself to just kind of fall apart and cry and cry. <laughs> and uh, I was given this gift of this beautiful little Tibetan terrier. Um, the Tibetan terriers are the dogs that the monks had, you know, and uh, I was given this dog by a stranger. They're very expensive, very rare, but I was gifted with her. And after she came to live with me, her name was Ella V. Enchanting. <laughs> And um, when she came to live with me, the lady who gave her to me uh, said to me, she would phone me and when I was really upset. And I would talk to her for 10 minutes and I would feel better. And I started to realize, you know, I asked her, what is it that you are doing when you phone me? And she told me uh, about the UN method. And it just so happened that uh, Ty Neo, who was instructing that in Canada, uh, was doing a seminar in a month, and I attended, I attended her demo and walked out of there knowing this is what I want to do. And so I um, dedicated about seven years of um, uh, study with uh, Cam Ewan, who is a brilliant, brilliant man, and um, I, he gave me permission to teach his method in 2009, and I taught that for... Uh, about five years back and forth across Canada, and then uh, you get to a certain point when you're doing energy work. I was also studying psychosomatic therapy with Herman Mueller and Carol Friesen, and um, that is the study of what the emotions actually does to the body. And so I, I got my teacher certificate in that. I studied uh, crystals and crystal properties and how they can be used for healing and got my mastery in that. And then I went, and I really wanted to understand when people say we're all connected, what does that really mean? How is that possible? And so I was drawn to go and study with Nassim Haramine in the Resonance Project Foundation. Uh, he's a quantum physicist that um, talks about uh, spirituality and science coming together and they're dedicated to free energy for the, um, you know, for the, the world. And um, so I studied that. That really uh, solidified for me because uh, how energy work really happens remotely because uh, we are all made up of atoms. And because we're all made up of atoms, we are all connected in that way. And so that was really big for me also. Um, I have a lot of colleagues that I work with. I've studied, um, you know, a lot of ma modalities, matrix energetics, um, all, all sorts of things. I was just really on this quest for knowledge. And then around about, you know, three years ago, I realized that I needed to um, speak this in my own words, in, from my heart, how I'm bringing all the information that I had received and bringing that all together. And so I, um, that's when uh, my colleague from Germany and I decided to work together. And We had been working together for seven years, but we decided to do seminars together. And we, cre we co uh, created the Energetic Upgrade 
seminars, and we've taught those in Germany and Canada and in England. And then we um, just finished our online program, which was a 14-month um, <laughs> project. And we are really happy to say it's out there now. Um, that's available at energeticupgrade.com if people want more information. It's also on the Truth is Funny site. And um, our online program we're very proud of because um, we're already getting really amazing feedback. And what we like to do is take all the information, all the traveling, all the money that we've spent, you know, all of that, and um, put that together in a way that we share very simple tools with people that can propel them forward on their journey a lot faster than, than uh, we, you know, we wanted to share everything we knew in different ways with, with simple explanations. So um, we're really happy that's out. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. And, and, and atoms have 99.9% space. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's what you think, so what it, whatever you think you become. And well, so what really connects work, us, um, what really connects us is the space. That's the one thing we all have in common. <laughs> the space, space. exactly. And, and we, can, we can make anything happen if we get still enough. And we get, Deepak Chopra calls it, calls it the gap, if we can get into that gap. Yeah, that um, that's what... Um, that's what I would call when I say um, neutrality. Um, mm -hmm. When we get very strong energetically, when we're in alignment energetically to the absolute worst thing that could happen to us, and we get uh, energetically strong to the absolute um, uh, worst thing that can happen, so we're strong to both sides of that, those extremes, then we can energetically... Uh, get neutral to what's happening to us in between, in that gap. <laughs> and when we go to this uh, place of neutrality, we do that by going inward and going to ourselves for our answers. And when we're in that through meditation, place... Through, through meditation? Um, well, my meditation it happens in, uh, I prefer in a split second in that moment. What happens if people are... Um, doing the energetic work and they uh, think about it instead of just feeling it, the mind will come in within about two to three seconds and say, oh, that's not possible. <laughs> There's no way that it can be this simple. And so um, e uh, energy work comes from feeling, not from thinking. Anytime people think, uh, what happens is the thinking uh, stops the feeling. And, or it um, changes the feeling. And so um, it, this is a meditative state, but it's a very quick meditative state. It's like in that split, sec that split second that you go neutral, you have all the possibilities in front of you, and because you're neutral, you are able to choose the one that's strongest for you. Mm -hmm. And then that's go forward with that. Um, I'm not against meditation the long way either. <laughs> I, th I feel it's a good thing to sit quietly with yourself, but for me, when you're doing energetic work, if you don't do it quickly, what happens is the doubts creep in. Mm -hmm. And so when I energetically connect with people, I call it HSN, the Higher Self Network, 
And to me, that's, um, you know, the, uh, it's like MSN. It's like chatting. <laughs> uh, we're constantly in communication with every other person, uh, every other thought, everything that's happening in the universe. We are able to access that. We are able to access all of those answers. And we are able to do that very quickly. And so uh, when I do energy work, I ask, okay, you know, I, I can feel, okay, there is an energetic weakness. This person's not in alignment with what they're saying, doing, uh, what other people are saying to them, the path they're about to take, and uh, get in touch with that. And then if you think of yourself as being like a binary computer, um, binary means that you have one of two choices. The choices in this case are that you are in alignment and you are strong or you are out of alignment and you are weak. It does not mean that um, the person is strong or weak. It just means that they are out of alignment with their energy and the choice that they would make in that, um, you know, at that time would not work as well for them as a stronger choice. And a so lot of times... So like a fight-or-flight response? Is that like similar to the fight or fight, uh, fight or flight response where you go into It's similar beta or but the fight or flight resp- yeah the fight or flight response to me is more like the reaction that people have to the accumulated experiences um if i explain it this way um a lot of people will say i am sad but you really are not sad you're having uh, an em- emotional response to the feeling of sadness and many of us will have accumulations of these experiences where, that were similar, and we go into this place where all these accumulations and associations of these experiences will hit us really hard. You know, it'll be like, boom, boom. And then we can't, uh, we tend to go into a reactionary um, manner instead of going inward and taking the time to just go inside and ask for the answer. Um, Everybody knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. We all know how to do this. Um, we, I'm just reminding people that they can. Uh, what I'm, I'm doing is, when I'm working, is I'm clearing the energetic weaknesses. Similar, like if you think of yourself as a binary computer, the hard drive of that computer would be your central nervous system, the components of your spine, the cerebral spinal fluid, um, all of that. And so what, every memory that we've ever had is, is in that um, in that central nervous system. It comes in, it comes from our ancestors, our descendants, our cultural experiences, our religious experiences, everything that we've ever been through. And so, a lot of these a lot of the time, these experiences accumulate. And if a person can go inward and stop the automatic reaction and just ask for the um, the answer from themselves, they will. And and that basically comes from the heart and in connection with the central nervous system. Mm, very interesting. So it's similar. Um, I was uh, just teaching a workshop on Sunday. I do emotional processing, and you know, I always tell people, if you have an accumulation of a lot of trauma that you are holding within your body system, and you then go in and something happens to you outwardly that triggers this re- emotion response, then if you have so much of that, you overreact rather than go into a stillness with breathing and drop down into the first or second chakra, the base of the spine, and really breathe into it and just be so good to yourself that you, you know, love yourself. And then in that way, 
it can unravel what is within and we can clear that. Absolutely. That's you you said it beautifully. I just do it really fast. <laughs> I want to like learn this fast system. I'm telling you, Colette, uh, this is this is very exciting. I'm signing up. <laughs> yes, I, I mean it's it's brilliant. I've seen so many beautiful things happen from it. And what I want mm-hmm. to you know let anyone listening now, or listening later know, is that we all have this ability. Healing comes from within ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm uh, working with people. And even now uh, on this, I'm kind of on automatic. I'm always feeling for energetic weaknesses that are coming up. And just I can do it very quickly and uh, uh, allow people to go more into that state of calm. We tend to get caught up in our stories um, about our life. And a lot of those stories actually don't come from our conscious mind. They come from our subconscious mind, which is developed by the time we're seven. So a lot of the times when people have an emotional reaction, it's um, because of their subconscious mind. These are the experiences we had when we were a small child up to the age of seven. That's and exactly so, right, because we, between the ages of zero to seven, everything is pretty much programmed in, in terms of the emotional response system within the body. And then that's when the critical parent part of us then separates out and we sort of abandoned that magical little kid in us. So, because we're told by the world to be mental, you know. So exactly. Like, grow up, grow we're up. Told, you know what we are told? Think before you act. And I would say oh, yeah. feel before you act. <laughs> exactly. You know? I love that. And I have, so many, I have so many friends that are so feeling, so feeling, feeling. And they have a very difficult time getting along in this world. It's a... If you're out there right now as a listener and you can identify with this conversation, it's... uh, I would uh, really like to address that uh, for Mm -hmm. people who are feeling that right now. Uh, uh, Many, many people who are very sensitive are told many, many times that they're too sensitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite often if you test it energetically, it's just that the people around them aren't sensitive enough. Sensitivity is not a, a bad thing. Sensitivity is your ability to connect with your senses, your um, ability to see, to hear, to touch, to smell, to feel. um, 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 So we just want to strengthen everybody to that, that you use your sensitivity to work for you so that um, any experience that you go through in life, you don't have to label it good or bad or positive or negative or right or wrong. It's an experience that you're going through, if you don't label it, then you don't have to um, come up with all these emotions. It's a uh, sensitivity can be used. Um, that's, I'm a very sensitive person. I'm very sensitive to energy. However, I make sure that when I connect with my sensitivity, I do it in the strongest way possible. Mm-hmm. And very by well going pushed. inward and being really strong within ourselves, then we have the ability to feel for the right answer. Exactly, exactly. And it is in feeling everything. And again, uh, I actually wrote a memoir recently, and it was the story of my life so that I don't have to tell the story anymore because for a while in my life I had to identify with the story, and so that's when... I became a transformational story coach because I realized that if people don't get their stories out, they cannot process this. 
You have to, yeah, get, and to, you that, have to get to the place where the story no longer, uh, you know, rules you or, or, or defines you of who you are because you're not your story. Exactly. You said it beautifully again. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, what happens is, like, for instance, say someone has an issue with money or they think they have an issue with money. But a lot of times that uh, um, it, whatever the problem people think it is, is 99% of the time not the problem. Uh, and if you energetically tune in, you, you'll recognize that many people who have uh, weaknesses with money, and when I tune into the people connecting here that will be listening later, listening now, these tend to be people who are on a spiritual journey. And so we want to strengthen that um, any spiritual experiences um, that it's not good to have money or to manifest money um, that then you can no longer be a spiritual person. So we live in a third-dimensional world. Uh, money is just a form of expression. It's a form of energy. This is how we show appreciation for services. And so if we look at it from that perspective um, and we um, delete that weakness uh, with our relationship to money, then um, many people can move forward from that uh, in that place and start to make stronger choices around that. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And there are so many people struggling right now. So they. So we all need to do this work, Colette. We all need to do this work. <laughs> we don't need to. We we don't need to, but we want to. I'm getting. <laughs> we want to. We want to. We want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, it, it's, life is, you know, we, we as human beings have choice. And we can choose to be happy and live fulfilling, wonderful lives by making um, choices that move us towards that. Or we can get caught up in our old story and tell ourselves things about ourselves that we would never say to another person. Um, people have a tendency to be very hard on themselves. And so the conversations that they have with themselves are quite often, um, at one point years ago, I recognized that I was saying I'm sorry up to 26 times a day. And um, when I realized that, I was like, um, started <laughs> uh, to catch myself. There's nothing wrong with apologizing to someone and saying you're sorry. Um, if you really are, or if it was really something you did. But I, people would step on my foot, and I'd say, sorry. <laughs> and so I started recognizing when I was doing that, and I, I, um, I do not do that to myself anymore. Uh, it's kind of like when people are constantly feeling the need to apologize, it's because generally most people have a weakness within themselves, and they're apologizing almost for the exist their existence on this earth. And we are all here. We are uh, at the right time, in the right place. We are here for a reason, as you said. <laughs> so we want to be really strong to being in our purpose why we're here. And many, many people will ask me that, you know, like, I don't know what my purpose is. Your purpose mm -hmm. is to be the best version of yourself. <laughs> that. Mm -hmm. uh, that is so like, your purpose. Can you speak on the subject of uh, how using intuition and imagination and insight, how people can shift their problems 
and finding creative yeah. solutions. Like how can how can someone that that is homeless right now, or or sick, or has just lost someone, or feels depressed and has anxiety, how can they use your tools to come out of this vortex? One of the simplest tools that I um, can tell people is this, is when you're feeling like, you know, um, you, we all kind of get indications from our, intu our intuition will speak to us. And, you know, a lot of people will call that gut instinct. And um, gut instinct is um, similar to intuition, but not quite the same. When people are... Um, um, using their intuition and they connect their perception to it, they're able to have insight about their situation. And so I'm just energetically for everybody, just strengthening everybody to that. When um, you feel like you can feel that emotion coming on or you can feel that you're really getting upset, you know, take a deep breath. Put some energy into your um, spine, and uh, Mark and I call it the magic line. Run energy up and down. You can see that as a light up and down your spine. If you're a visual person or the feeling of, of, of the energy running up and down your spine very quickly in a second to delete whatever emotions, whatever thoughts, whatever is stopping you, and just take that breath and feel that and go inward and um, if people, the, um, I tell people, squeeze your buttocks. Uh, at the base of the spine, you want to run that energy from um, bottom to top. And then connect with your heart. Uh, sometimes it really helps people even to put their hand on their heart and to feel their heart pumping. Um, your heart has its own rhythm, and that rhythm is connected to the rhythm of the earth. And so we want to strengthen that for everybody, that, um, that you're able to handle the speed that the earth is traveling at right now and you're also able to um, be able to feel that in a strong way so just strengthening that for everybody it's very if people get into that habit of kind of observing themselves when they're getting upset and stopping that reaction before it leads to another reaction and then another reaction uh, that's what sends people into overwhelm and so the sooner you catch it the, the easier it is for you to um, go to a place where you are able to find the answers to, you, to your problem in a creative way. And that, as I said, comes from feeling. And so a lot of people are taught, you know, to ignore their feelings and, you know, just, just carry on. And um, I would suggest to people that it's very simple that if you go into this place where you really put some tension into your spine and you do this, and, and, you know, feel your heart, you will notice that you calm down immediately. Mm, that's beautiful. Putting your tongue on the well, roof of your mouth also mm -hmm. helps because when we put our tongue on the roof of our mouth, um, it, it connects us to source energy immediately. Well, that's and one so, of the old yogic techniques. Uh, uh, this uh, happened to me once in India, actually. I was uh, very uh, new. I was... I was uh, studying with a guru in India for a while, for 11 years actually, <laughs> meditating 10, 12 hours a day. And uh, one day I was sitting in meditation, I suddenly realized that my heart was completely still and that my tongue had curled up to the roof of my mouth. 
And I could have sat there forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> it's the most beautiful feeling. That's your connection yeah. with uh, divine love, with unconditional mm-hmm. love, with the flow of the universe. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, uh, what I've experienced, I've seen many miracles happen with my students. Uh, I love that. Many people that I've taught have gone on to teach others and um, had amazing results with, you know, autistic children, people or children who have been diagnosed autistic, you know, physical problems like um, I've seen people who have lost the use of their arm or, you know, um, I have a client that did uh, lost the use of his arm for six years and within one, you know, hour session he was able to move his fingers and within, um, well, it was about... Uh, shortly before uh, his wife gave birth to their twin daughters, that he he regained entire use of his arm. And he bench presses 350 pounds now. And, uh, you know, the doctors, he was at all the famous, you know, all the famous hospitals that this was not possible. So um, that, you know, he was just going to have to deal with this for the rest of his life. And um, it, it doesn't, a lot of time to shift the energy, but sometimes it takes a lot of time for the perception to catch up. I've also seen a lot of people that do energy work in this way that they their creative abilities just flow. And I really experienced that for myself. You know, about a decade ago, I started painting um, these beautiful dragons. <laughs> and, and I saw um, your cards. They are so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Mhm. They are just those, incredible. And those those dragons came to me um, in 2007. The first one showed up, and I thought kind of I was a little bit crazy at the time because <laughs> I, I could really um, the, these dragons are speaking to me without you know like uh, telepathically, and I wasn't. I, I just wrote, wrote down their information, and I would see a picture of um, what they were going to look like in my head and then I would paint the do the painting until I reached that and then I would know oh it's done and um, I've been working on them for as I said a decade now and just brought them out in April this year and so they've been waiting a long time <laughs> and I still and have quite a few what are they called again? Um, they are uh, the, the website that you can go to for that is T-A-I-L-S from uh, Tales from the Vector and um, they tell me they are intergalactic dragons from the Federation of Light. They only know unconditional love, and they That's just wish beautiful. to, sh- yeah, and they wish to share unconditional love. And um, although the entire deck isn't done because they told me there was 64, which now I understand. Back then I was like, what? <laughs> you want me to paint 64 dragons? I've never painted a dragon in my life, and. Um, you know, I hope these are small paintings, but, you know, I, as I found out, dragons like large paintings. <laughs> because they are large creatures. <laughs> yes. I so my dragons aren't the... <laughs> <laughs> my dragons are not the scary dragons from, um, you, know, the, you know, like the regular dragons that you see. They're not into fighting. They're into sharing unconditional love. And so I decided to bring out the ones that I have painted up to this point. Um, I also uh, went to Peru and uh, did ceremony there uh, in the jungle 
and um, a lot of uh, some of my some of the energy correcting cards that I have on Tales from the Vector are also from the profound knowledge that I gained from those experiences. And it's Tales, not T A L E S. It's T A I L S from yeah, the because vector. dragons like to um, uh, swish their tails. <laughs> <laughs> That is quite beautiful. So, so tell me a little bit more about Life Sparks. I know you and I both are authors in the book. The book finally came out. I, I got my boxes of books. I'm so excited. We're arranging book signings in Eugene and Portland, and I'm sure you're doing that in Canada as well. So tell me a little bit about um, your involvement with, uh, with uh, uh, that book. Oh, when when Tammy presented this opportunity, I worked with her in the past, and when she presented this to me, it was very strong energetically, and I really am happy about it. Um, I'm connecting with you, <laughs> and I feel like you're definitely, I, I believe in sisterhood, and sisterhood with male-female, you know, <laughs> you know? Um, so it, it has been a great pleasure to connect with all the authors from this book and share stories of inspiration. And, um, you know, it's been um, fun. Um, it was actually more fun to write um, this book than the one I wrote before, The Truth is Funny Shift Happens, because that was a 520-page book. And it um, was 10 years of all the work that I've done. And it was uh, uh, my goal in, in that book was to, um, that when people read it, they would actually shift as they read. That book is now proving itself. I'm getting a lot of emails and feedback from people that um, they are feeling better just by reading the book. Uh, they don't necessarily understand it. It's quite deep, and there's a lot of information in there. But it is just by reading it, they feel better. And um, that, that was my um, purpose. And same with Life Sparks. I feel that um, as we are going through life, we are all masters of ourselves. And if we can share information to inspire others who are maybe going through difficult time um, or people who aren't even going through a difficult time but they just want to have more fun and do better <laughs> and enjoy life more and experience more love, um, I am proud to stand with uh, my fellow authors here and do that. Oh, well, I, it's been such a privilege to be a part of that, and I know that they're doing a new series for nurses now, so I have a few nursing friends who love to be part of that as well. Um, Tammy Blodgett and Denise Baines are the authors of this book with 20 authors from all over the world. It's a, a, a very exciting project. I just hold this vision for all of us, and especially for Tammy and Denise, is that they may be on Oprah well, that they could get into the Oprah Book Club. So that would be delightful if this could reach more women in the world and men as well, of course. So yeah, I'm, I'm super Let's, let's about strengthen that. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am uh, delighted that I had an opportunity to interview you, Colette Marie, and I'm, uh, I know that I'm going to meet you and hopefully um, either... I will fly to Canada or you will come here and do a workshop. Maybe we can sponsor a workshop here in the future. That oh, would that be would be amazing, wouldn't it? 
it would be amazing, and we have some facilities where we can do that. And I, I would love to uh, speak with you further about that. I'm very interested in your work, and I'm sure many of the listeners are excited about it as well. So if um, anyone uh, wants to find out more information, can we go over your uh, main website again? And if you sure. Spell it, that, is, it, it is uh, www.thetruth.com is funny.com and um, if you want more information about energetic upgrade that's energetic upgrade.com and tales from the vector t-a-i-l-s from the vector.com and you can reach me at info at the truth is funny.com that's fantastic well thank you so much and um, I don't know what the weather is like in Canada right now, but we're finally getting a little bit of a break from the heat. What's it like there? When, where exactly are you in Canada? I'm in God's country, B.C. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, in Kelowna, B.C., which uh, I've traveled all around the world. This is one of the most beautiful places that um, I've ever been, and I just moved here three years ago from Saskatchewan, which is also beautiful in its own way. I prefer it here because there's beaches, clean lakes, uh, lots of organic food, um, trees, and uh, mountains. <laughs> uh, in Kelowna, you can go golfing on the same day that you can go skiing. <laughs> I'm there. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I also wanted golfing good <laughs> <laughs> actually i don't do either of those things um on a regular basis but i do love the beach <laughs> and, and, and i i just wanted to say also um petra that i'm really looking forward to our interview upcoming when you come on my radio show on the truth is funny and that's going to be on september 7th and so that's at 8 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, and I'm just looking forward that um, I get to interview. Now we'll turn, a turn it around, and I'll interview you. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I can speak for a whole hour. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling that being, um, um, yes, I, I have a feeling you and I could talk for hours. <laughs> Well, it's really interesting. You know, last week I had a show, and uh, unfortunately we didn't realize that Block Talk Radio had changed their uh, back office program, and I had to unmute the person so that that poor lady from London, England, was on the other end, and she could hear me, but I could not hear her. And so I. But, you know, when things like um, that happen, when things mm -hmm. like that happen, I always know that it will be better, the interview will go better for you, on the day that it was supposed to happen. When, see, that's what I'm talking about when people face a challenge and you just mm -hmm. recognize, oh, the universe wants it to be on a different day and the universe wants me to have this experience. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and you again, know, and it's a reminder that a shift does happen and things yes. do happen. <laughs> I was writing a story, um, a, a chapter. I was invited to co-author with Jack Hanfield and I wrote a chapter why do bad things happen to good people? And it's like shift happens, you know. We have to experience things so that we can, we can grow, we can shift, we can evolve into who we were meant to be. And that is, 
instead of feeling like we are a victim in a story, we can uh, turn we, it around. Uh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful work that you're doing for so many, many, many people, and I, I'm just uh, excited. To you know, that is my... Um, I, I love, I love, I love that aha moment when people shift and they're like, whoa. And they'll be like crying and they'll be like, oh, my life is horrible. And then all of a sudden they'll start to laugh and they'll mm-hmm. feel calm. And then they'll email me later and say, you won't believe what happened. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Colette Marie, Stefan, for being on the show today. We're coming uh, to the end of our show and I am uh, grateful for this opportunity to have met you, even though it's only over the airwaves, but it feels like you're here in the room with me. And um, I hope to, I'm looking so forward to next week to be on your show. So um, thank you to all the listeners and people that may catch the show later on my website. Uh, It's uh, petranicole.com, P-E-T-R-A. N-I-C-O-L-L. You can also catch me on Facebook. Go to blogtalk.com forward slash revealing conversations and just click on, click on the social media icons. I would love to hear from you. Give us some feedback about the show. If you have questions, please feel free to email me or write a note on the website. And again, thank you for joining the show. And Colette, I wish you a glorious day. And uh, I'll see you next week. Yes, absolutely. And once again, thank you so very much for this connection. And congratulations on your new, new book with, um, <laughs> uh, that, you're, that you are co-writing with Jack Cantor. Ashes. Yes, yeah. Ashes. Oh, yes, you're a busy week. woman. <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> take, take good care. Take good care. Lots of Bye-bye. love to you. Lots of love back. Bye-bye. Bye.